Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number three. On today's show, I'm going to be discussing Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? How to use it? What's it for? What the heck in the world are people talking about when they talk about Bitcoin? Um, you can find the show notes for this episode at ericsammons.com slash podcast slash three. That's ericsammons.com slash podcast slash three. I'll probably put up some links to some different sites about Bitcoin and uh, a link to my book. I wrote a book called Bitcoin Basics, 101 Questions and Answers. That basically goes over a lot of what I'm talking about here. But I want to give a quick 10-minute introduction to Bitcoin, explain what it is. I get this question all the time. People find out that I'm interested in Bitcoin, that I'm involved in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And yes, I'll explain what cryptocurrency is in a minute. And they're always like, well, what is it? Where is it? How does it exist? How does it work? So I thought, hopefully this episode will answer some of those basic questions that people have about Bitcoin. Future episodes, I want to talk a little bit more in in depth about it, uh, different things in the cryptocurrency world. But in general, let's just go with the basics today. Okay, so first of all, what is Bitcoin? In my book, Bitcoin Basics, I define it as, well, let me find the definition. Okay, I define it as a decentralized global monetary system comprised of both an electro, electronic, an electronic payment network and the digital currency used on that network. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. A decentralized global monetary system comprised of both an electronic payment network and the digital currency used on that network. I think the most easiest way to start is it's a currency, like the dollar, like the euro, like the yen, uh, even like gold in the old days or like silver in the old days. It's something you use that has value that you can buy things with it. You can sell things for it. So it's a currency just like any other currency in a sense. It was created in 2009 by somebody or some group of people uh, that went under the name Satoshi Nakamoto. And it resides completely on the internet. And that's where people get hung up because what you think of currency is something we can see and we can touch. You know, like a dollar bill or a piece of gold or something like that. But Bitcoin, on the other hand, resides completely on the internet. You cannot hold the Bitcoin. You cannot touch it. You cannot really see it either. You can see your wallet on your computer screen that tells you how many Bitcoin you have in it, but you can't really see it, Bitcoin itself. You see these pictures all the time on internet sites when they're talking about Bitcoin. They have like a gold-looking coin that has a B on it. That's not a Bitcoin. That's just a visual representation. And so Bitcoin is a currency. But it's also a payment network. Okay, so let's take a step back for a second. Most of our, all of our currencies we have now, they reside on, they are used on separate payment networks. So for example, a payment network could be you just handing a dollar bill to another person. But more common, it would be if, for example, you bought something online, you'd use your credit card. The Visa or MasterCard network, that's the payment network. They don't create the currency. They just allow the currency to be passed from one person to another or from one person to a corporation or something like that. The payment network, in other words, is completely separate from the currency. In Bitcoin, they're combined. Bitcoin is both a currency and the unit of currency is called Bitcoin, which is a little bit confusing. Sometimes people lowercase the B in Bitcoin when they're talking about the currency and uppercase it when they're talking about the payment network. It's a currency, but it also is the payment network in which the currency 
transfers from one person to another. So if I want to send somebody a Bitcoin or a half a Bitcoin, that's how I do it on the Bitcoin network. And really the genius of Bitcoin, like why does it exist? What's the point of it? Is that it solves the problem of needing a third party to make transactions. You don't have to trust the Visa network, for example. If I'm sending money to Amazon, Amazon trusts Visa, I trust Visa, and that's how it used to transfer money from me to them. With Bitcoin, I can have a direct transaction between myself and another person without any third party needed because it's working on the Bitcoin payment network. Now, who owns the pay Bitcoin payment network? Aren't I trusting that? Well, yes and no. You're trusting the Bitcoin network, but here's the thing. Nobody owns it. It's a truly peer-to-peer -peer network. What happens is anybody who wants to can create a node. Basically, you, you run the software on a computer that tracks all the transactions that have ever been made in the history of Bitcoin, and that's called the blockchain. And it doesn't really matter why it's called that, but the point is, is that all payments are in blocks and they're built upon a chain. Okay, I did explain it then. And basically, though, this blockchain keeps a history of all the transactions so that I can't what's called double spend. If I send George one Bitcoin, I can't take that same Bitcoin and then send it to Susan because the blockchain says, nope, you've already sent that to George. George already owns that now. He controls that Bitcoin. You don't anymore. And so it does, it's not Visa or a bank or something that's keeping track of, okay, how much money do I have and how much have I already sent out? It's this decentralized, going back to the original definition, decentralized meaning there's no centralized authority and control, this decentralized network of nodes. Now, this might sound very confusing, but you use a decentralized network of nodes every single day. It's called the Internet. The Internet isn't owned by anybody. It's just a bunch of people who set up servers that communicate with each other in a network called that we call the internet. And it's the same thing here. The network, the Bitcoin network resides on the internet, but it works the same way. Same thing with email. Nobody controls email. It's just a simply a protocol, a, a rule, set of rules on the internet for how you can communicate by email. Same thing with Bitcoin. Now, how are Bitcoins created? Like, how many are there and how are they created? Well, they're created through a process called mining. And really what it is is some people who control nodes on the Bitcoin network, they do certain computations that secure the network to make sure nobody's double spending, to make sure nobody can hack into it and steal Bitcoin. For that, they get paid by new Bitcoins that are created about every 10 minutes. And the number of Bitcoins created was set a long time ago. Okay, there are going to be 50 Bitcoins created every 10 minutes. And after four years, then 25, then 12 and a half. And that's how many are created every 10 minutes, now, about 10 minutes now. The point is, is that these miners, they get these new coins for securing the network. And then they will distribute, you know, then, then they'll spend them and send them out however they choose. And that gets it into the economy. So anybody else can then buy and spend them. Once they're out of the miners' hands, they can just be sent anywhere you want to. I can send them to somebody, somebody can send them to me. I can buy them from somebody, things like that. So that basically is how Bitcoin works. So it's this decentralized network on the internet that allows you to send money i.e. Bitcoin, from 
one person to another without any third party. And the great genius of this is that there's no government control over it, meaning the government can't inflate the currency when there's a problem like they always do. They can't say, okay, now all of a sudden we're going to just create out of thin air millions of billions of more dollars. Nobody can do that because the network controls how they are distributed. Now, there's a lot more to Bitcoin. I'm running out of time here. There's a lot more Bitcoin than that, but that should give you the basics of how it works. There's also the question of how do you get it? How do you spend it? How do you run your wallet? What about other cryptocurrencies? I mentioned that term. That's just a generic term for any currency like Bitcoin that resides on the internet. And you know, the Bitcoin being the first of all of them. But the most important thing to remember here is that Bitcoin is not something that any one person or group controls. And so therefore, its value has the potential to be much more stable, believe it or not. I know it's been very volatile, it's valued in the first few years, because nobody can say, we're just gonna create new Bitcoin out of thin air. You know exactly how many exist at any time. And so the value of it is particularly clear if you live in an economy, perhaps it's not as stable as the US economy, for example, if you lived in an economy like Greece or, or uh, North Korea or something like that or China, you can, get, you can trust that Bitcoin's value will be simply determined by the market, the demand for it, instead of by a government fiat. Okay, so I'm going to close with that, and that should give you just a very quick overview of Bitcoin, and we'll talk about more in future episodes, but this hopefully get you started if you have no idea what Bitcoin is. I'd recommend, though, for more information, buy my book, Bitcoin Basics, 100 and one questions and answers, which you can get on Amazon or you can get my website, ericsammons.com. Okay, until next time, talk to you later.